Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. Boom, we're live. This is Pitch Deck Asia. My name's Graham Brown, joined in the studio by Ganesh from Adoba. Ganesh, good morning to you. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about your journey. Okay. As an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and into the world of prop tech. Yep. So before we get going, shout out to those people watching back home. Okay. So should you say hello to your fans back home? Yeah. Hey, there's, there's the camera there. So if you talk to the camera. Yeah, hi, hello. <laughs> Is that it? Hi, hello. Um, I'm not sure what else to say. Yeah, okay. Well, t- <laughs> Please be with me for the entire show. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Well done, Ganesh. And if you're watching Ganesh, you want to support him and Adoba, like the video if you're watching it on YouTube because YouTube likes that. Yes. If you like the video, propagate it out. Yes. Boost it to the stratosphere, help people understand and discover your story. So maybe before we get into Adoba, let's understand you a little bit first, like where you're from and so on. So obviously you're based here in Singapore, but originally from? I'm from India, the southern part of India. I'm from a city called Chennai. Like um, I'm here in Singapore since 2006. Yeah. So you've been here for a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chennai famous for a number of things. We we're talking off air. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. The, the healthiest breakfast in the world, idli, <laughs> sambar, etc. But also Chennai, I think, I see a lot of people coming out of Chennai with a lot of qualifications in engineering. It seems to be like if you want engineers, quality engineers, yeah. go to Madras, go to Chennai, right? It right. seems to have a, a legacy there. You're right. And um, I'm also an engineer by qualification. Yeah. Electronics engineer. Right? Electronics. Yeah. But uh, I never bothered to, you know. Follow up. Follow up in the, in the path of engineering. Well, you're here now. You're building something, right? Yes. Is that an engineer, right? At heart. Um, yeah. The whole world can accept, except my father. Because okay. my father always complains. <laughs> I did my engineering, but I'm doing something else. That is a very Asian Indian thing though, isn't it? That right. your, you know, your parents, and I, I see this all the time with entrepreneurs coming here, they, they want you to have a safe job yep, and a career, maybe work for Indian railways, for example, <laughs> or be an engineer or a doctor. Yeah. And now you're here an entrepreneur. Yes. Where does that fit in? I imagine there's a lot of people of your generation now experimenting with entrepreneurship, right? You're right. Because um, uh, personally for me, um, Though I was doing my engineering, I always felt that I am a mismatch for engineering degree. Yeah. Uh, I pursued engineering is because my mom and dad wanted me to go to an engineering uh, school. Uh, but even when I was doing engineering, I always with my business books, even when the lectures are going on. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of a magazine called uh, Business World back in India. Yeah. So most of the time it's a business magazine and all the four years I collected so many magazines. When I finished engineering... I contributed all the old magazines to my college library. Ah, that was a library in <laughs> itself, right? Yeah. And what, what were you reading about? Uh, the current affairs, the the new business ideas, and how business owners used to build the companies, and how investors, what kind of, you know, what are the new latest trends and all the stuff. Yeah. What was exciting about that to you? What was the driver to get into that world? I always did not like to do... Uh, routine things so when I know that it was going to be a job it's going to be a nine to six and a routine thing and it's very predictable Mm. but I'm a person who always felt that I need to create something of value for myself and uh, if possible value for others yeah 
So I got into the business idea is just to feel good about my own self that I am doing something which a lot of other people are not doing. Yeah. So that's the only idea. So I think only in, uh, only a business um, initiative can give you that opportunity. Right. Um, so that's the reason why I was pursuing my business uh, passion. I yeah. would say. Yeah, totally passionate. We'll, we'll talk about Adobe in a minute. There's that real desire to create, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, maybe you're not an artist, but you're creating in a, your own way. Yes. With bricks and mortar, for example, or tech. Correct. That's a logical creative brain, isn't it? I mean, yes. you're an engineer who wants to make stuff Stop. rather than just sort of tighten widgets and bolts, right? You're right. Okay. So Adobe, let's have a look at the pitch deck. We'll dive in. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll look at the beginning of the pitch deck and then maybe understand the why behind it a bit. Okay. So if we can flash the pitch deck up, and bear in mind, some people aren't watching this, some people are listening, so we okay. might have to be descriptive. So tell us what it's about. I mean, it says here, co-living affordable accommodation. Yeah. What's it about? Um, so the last uh, few years, uh, there are a lot of companies which are on the sharing economy, say for Uber or, um, you know, Airbnb and all this stuff. So... I was also under the impression that a lot of the millennials and uh, especially the experts who come to Singapore, they have a big problem. Even I face a problem. So if you're single and you don't require a whole 2 BHK or a 3 BHK and all you need is just a small space to stay, uh, you don't get much options at a affordable or a lesser price. Yeah. So I saw that as an opportunity and I was thinking about like how do this idea will be like if I can bring four or five people who are you know culturally uh, share the same uh, same values and all the stuff to bring together in under one roof and give them an accommodation which they will also help be happy about so that was the idea of uh, you know setting up Adoba okay so that is co-living well, that's co-living what's the difference between that and shared flats for example is it the same or has it just got a trendier name now um, the honest answer, it's uh, got a trendier name, but most of the co-living uh, uh, place, what we trend to achieve is create uh, co-living uh, activities. Say, for example, we organize events. So if I have mm. some 10 properties, I can bring in the guys from each of the properties and, um, uh, you know, arrange events or get togethers and more fun. So, okay. so, so that's the idea of, you know, co-living and um, having fun. Yeah. yeah. It's not just about saving money, is it? It's about plugging into something. It seems to be, especially for that generation. Yes. Uh, saving money is definitely an important uh, parameter here. Yeah. Say, for example, if an expat who comes to Singapore and he doesn't need a whole property, for which is like $4,000 or $5,000, he's only willing to spend some $1,000. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's the place where we are offering this uh, option of co-living yeah so it's definitely a lot of uh, saving so that's a primary objective on saving it's like the icing of the cake is what you meet up with new people and become friends and all the stuff yeah i mean he doesn't want to spend a thousand dollars and be on his own exactly you're especially right. if you're an expat you don't have any kind of community right yeah it's interesting that i'm a big fan of starbucks okay and if you look at the history of starbucks that okay, they sell coffee, which is almost like space for what you're doing, but really they're selling community. Yep. And if you look at the history of Starbucks, mm -hmm. Starbucks came from Seattle. Mm -hmm. Seattle was the number one city in the US with the highest inbound migration, okay. which basically meant there were more young people moving to Seattle than anywhere else in yep. America. So it made sense that you've got all these young people, millennials back then, yep. 
who are looking for a place to plug into. They're mm. looking for a home. They're yeah. looking for a space. They don't want to be on their own. Yeah. And Starbucks became that, mm -hmm. became like a co-living type space. Okay. People could go there. People could, for example, you know, um, chat, find, meet, whatever, share, all of that. Yeah. So that was Starbucks in the 90s. And if you hear Howard Schultz talk about it, he talks about Starbucks as the third place, mm -hmm. home, office, Starbucks. So they were selling space. Yeah. In the same way, I feel, you know, maybe Starbucks is done it's had its time in that generation, but now maybe you're in that space for the new generation. Yes, Starbucks only thing you cannot sleep there. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the, you, you've solved that problem, right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. So let's have a look at the pitch deck a little bit, and maybe we can have a look at the size of the market that we're dealing with. I'm going to bounce around a bit in your pitch deck, Ganesh. I'm going to fast forward to slide seven. Mm. The total addressable market here for co-living. Um, okay. Um, I have not done big research about it, but uh, what for Adobe, my target customers are mostly the expats yeah. who come to Singapore. And even in expats, I'm I'm mostly focusing on the people who are at the higher salary bracket. So in 2018, uh, as per the MOM data, so we have close to 200,000 people who moved in. So so we just assume around 30, around one third of the population to take uh, individual rooms who are singles, let's assume yeah. singles. So that's a rational we got the market size. So we are looking at if they at least spend $1,000 a month. So for an annum, we are looking at like 1 billion plus only from the experts. Mm -hmm. I'm not even looking at, you know, the work permits or the SPAs or the students and all this stuff. It's only about the EPs. So when you add those things, definitely the, the market size is much more bigger. Yeah. So that's how we are looking at like 1 million, 1 billion at least in Singapore, I would say. Okay. So expats who are target for this are spending a billion a month on... And, and, a, and a per year on per, this kind of rental. Right. Yeah, right. Are, are they getting good value at the moment? Yeah, of course. Um, Not through you. I'm talking about generally. Uh, who so takes a co-living space? Yeah, your target. Are they getting good value for what they're... Definitely, yes. Say, right. for example, I'll give you an example. Uh let's take any any expat who comes to Singapore, right? Yeah. And uh, he wants only a room to stay, right? He has two options. Either he can work with, or he can find an accommodation through a co-living company, yeah. or he can rent a room from another living landlord. So imagine you plugging yourself into an unknown family mm. who have their own set of rules, regulations, restrictions, compared to you staying with a bunch of people of your own age yeah. without much restrictions. Yeah. So the price is same <laughs> or maybe $50 to $100 yeah. more. So that's a value what we're creating for people, the experts. The first option is really like being a lodger, isn't it? Like, exactly. You know, you, you're in the room at the top of the house and you uh, sort of have to tiptoe yeah, in, tiptoe yeah, out. Right. And you feel a bit awkward. Some yeah. people are okay with that. Yeah, some people are okay. And uh, there are some people who wanted to cook their own breakfast, lunch, yeah. and dinner. For them, it's going to be much more difficult plugging themselves with another family. Yeah. So so such kind of people, they always prefer to stay with like-minded people where there's they don't call themselves the, the living landlords. They avoid places where there is no landlord. Yeah. So that's a kind of value what we wanted to create for yeah. the experts. Yep. 
Have you done this before yourself? Have you been in Kona? Oh, yeah, yeah. What been, was your experience? <laughs> was it with your family or not? Oh, okay. You're single. I myself, okay. When I started this company, I myself had a lot of issues. When I did stay with another family, because oh, yeah. I myself was renting a room from yeah. a from a living landlord, and I I have my own set of problems there. So then it came to my mind, like, why should I live with? What such were the problems? Problem? Just so I can understand that. Say, for example, um, um, some months in a year, I become a vegetarian, like yeah. pure vegetarian. So in Singapore, you really cannot find pure vegetarian food across this island. Yeah. So that's a time where you will be ending up cooking your own food meal. Yeah. But if the landlord doesn't allow you to do or use a the kitchen, then you have a problem. Right. Or if he's cooking bacon. Basically, yeah. the the biggest problem is the 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 cooking stuff. And in Singapore, a lot of people, ah, uh, they don't cook. They don't have the habit of cooking, right? So so they prefer. People or guests who will not use a kitchen. Ah, I see. So yeah. that is one big hitch. And second thing, uh, it's not very easy uh, to uh, be very friendly with the landlord and his wife. You see, mm, sometimes mm, the cultural difference and all this stuff. Yeah. And most of the time, when you rent a room, you when you come from outside, you directly go inside the room. You are stuck inside your room the whole day. Yeah. You really cannot come out, say, socialize with people and all this stuff. Mm. So these are the two major problems which uh, a lot of people do face when they rent a room from a living landlord. Yeah, these are real, right? These these are real, and um, that's the reason why that's a place that that is the important thing what we are trying to solve. Yeah. So we create an environment where people can use the entire house and do whatever they want, mm. and uh, they get the full freedom of uh, living. So on your platform can I search and look for the apartment or the the flat by the sort of the values of the people so for example you're like looking for somebody or a group of people who might be I guess the Hindu and they maybe No uh is this quite specific now No 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 does, how does it work Uh no uh basically we are uh, uh, nationality agnostic yeah. and religion agnostic but there are few people who have uh, restrictions they they want to stay with certain kind of people so uh some guys from India would say I want to, do you have any house where there are only vegetarians Right exactly Um the mostly the answer is no i don't have that very specific things but um we 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 try to match in people who are all vegetarians to give them an accommodation so that there is no much cultural you know friction mm. and uh, i also have a lot of you know guests from philippines um they most of the ask, because uh, pork is an important part of their uh, you know diet so they they themselves ask like uh, I I have no problem with staying with other religion but do you have people who are muslims yeah. who would, you know who are not comfortable with this so such kind of cultural gaps we do you know mm. handle and solve so that only mostly culturally um same people live together and so that they stay with us for a longer time and they are also happy we are also happy so, so how does the the matching actually work because I think that's key here isn't it are you yep. are you manually doing that or are the the renters like people like you and me looking for accommodation are we putting in our profile or request and then you're sort of matching that with a, another group of people or are you matching that with a house uh as of now we have been uh, doing it uh, manually say mm. for example if you come to us and i hey ganesh uh, i saw this uh, property on your site yeah. uh, and uh, i i am interested in this uh, may i know who else lives in the house 
so that's a time right, when right. we we give okay in room one so and so stays he's a banker and room two the it guy stays and Got he's it. from this national and then people get a hang of oh okay this is a kind of crowd i'm going to you know connect myself and sometimes we also do the viewing on saturdays and sundays wherein the other people are there so i also introduce they also get to know each other and once they're comfortable then they move in so this is a kind of matching which happens as of now the matching is uh, I would say fifty percent manual, fifty percent uh, automated. Right. But we are trying to achieve hundred percent automation. Got it. It's like soon. a concierge service yep. at the moment. You're sort of learning. It's an MVP in that sense, right? Exactly. You're, kind of You're right. Yeah. Okay. Could I, for example, go to your service in the future and say I only want to hang out with sporty people, mm-hmm. for example, because that will motivate me to work out a bit more. I yep. don't want to hang out with drinkers or you know late night party people. Yeah. Because I'll sink into bad habits. Is that possible? It's possible, definitely. What is possible is like. people can say i don't want uh uh i want a non smoking environment that's yeah, possible yeah. if somebody is going to come and say on my side i want to hang out only with indians then i have a problem because technically it is not right right not legal it's not legal okay. yeah. <laughs> it's not legal at least in singapore you you yeah. cannot really you know discriminate people from their from from where they come from yeah. but of course yes if you don't need a non smoking house yes i have to honor it if you if you don't want a house where there is no party happening yes i need to honor it those things are possible but you cannot choose the nationalities or you know right, right. so such things is right. not possible yep. but like you say vegetarianism for example yeah exactly are, okay cool um quick look at the the product itself and then we'll talk about the journey from here so I'm going to bounce back a little bit and uh so the solution as you say is that co-living spaces is would you describe yourself a platform uh as of now we have um, all the properties which we currently manage like close yeah. to 30 properties they all under direct management yeah but our roadmap is to make it as a platform where an individual landlords can come and you know uh, have the properties uh, listed on our site right so that, to, so that's objective to the landlords then put in sort of markers on the kind of people they want does that work so for uh, example no, that, that would not be the our site's policy right. our site's policy is only you 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 if suppose you are a landlord you come to me and say hey ganesh i have a property and yeah. i would like to make it as a co-living property can you help yes yeah. so then we go to the property we do the photo shoots of the property and then we put then and we also give we also help them to generate leads and we also give all the supporting documents as how you can f- sign a tenancy agreement and do the yeah. necessary paperwork okay yeah so i wonder i'm a landlord myself mm-hmm. and one of the things that I think I've learned in my career as a landlord is that you kind of got to know who your customers are. Yeah. Because then you know tailor it for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an agent would say to me, "Go and buy like a 52-inch TV screen mm-hmm. and like bolt it to the wall okay. because, you know, we're aiming at young professionals." Okay. And that's more of an impact than doing the garden. Like mm-hmm. you put that in there. So I need to know like who I'm targeting. So in that sense, for example, I could tailor my flat to suit a group of people. Like for example, if it was sporty people, yeah. I say I'm aiming at this group of people, maybe young professionals of this age, and then maybe I could like do the garden, mm-hmm. put in some decking. I know this is Singapore, so this is not yeah. a realistic <laughs> conversation, but I could tailor my apartment to suit that group of people. I understand, for example, there it could go the other way. For example, I you know the legal implications mm. of doing that but i'm just wondering how you can kind of help landlords understand who their target market is long term so here if you see uh, most of these uh, um rentings are done by people between the age group of 25 to 
so w- w- those people who are married who are still single we call them as forced bachelors mm. so their expectation is only a place so when we look at the younger crowd from 25 to 30 who are not you know married who are still single so their expectations are are different yeah so we can also <laughs> i can also ask the landlord like what kind of customers you're looking at like 25 to 30 or 30 or who are married who are stable who just want a place to sleep and mm. without any trouble So based on their requirement we can really you know match okay. up. So my understanding is quite a narrow group of customers exactly. very focused in that sense. Yes. All right, got it. The team and the journey so far. How long have you been doing this Ganesh? Um Adobe started in 2013. 2013. So you've been yep. doing it for 6 years? 6 years, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a long time to be slugging away on an MVP. What's the journey like? Have you been doing it full time for 6 years? Yes, um full time. Yeah. And I have funded that for 6 years. So um Our uh, company's journey started with one property with $3500 as an yeah. investment. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, nothing more than that. $3500. Yes. Singapore dollars. Singapore dollars. Yeah. Yes. So you put in okay. So okay. tell me how so you have you become cash positive then since then or Yes, of course from day right. one we are cash positive. Right. Um 6 years uh, uh in uh, this year we did close to 1.3 million US. Right. Yeah. in terms of revenue uh-huh. and uh, growing so so for the funding has been from my own pocket yeah. to bank loans and all the stuff but now as now the vision is to take it as a platform yeah uh, and and go globally and that is also one reason why we're looking for investors and also you know business partners to come us come and join us on our board right a co-founder yeah co-founder you're right all right uh, we'll talk about that so let me understand you've built a million dollar business bootstrapped it yep. with 3500 yes. seed funding you can call it that <laughs> yeah uh, you are 100% owner of this business uh yes okay and is it cash positive yes okay you're so you're in a good position i would say i'm in good position but i know that there are more billions to to right to reach out to right yeah okay so as i understand so we can put this journey into context you spent 6 years building this yep. you understand the pain of all the customers the landlords yes. in the market yes the next step is to bring in a bit of tech and automate that process so you can go from a million to a billion yeah, you're right in theory yes. right because right now it's you your input your manual concierge service but to get it up to where it needs to be you need to automate that whole thing right does that mean expanding it beyond singapore yes well? definitely yes um th- that's the most important thing which we'll have to as a company we wanted to accomplish yeah just more uh, go outside singapore because in singapore uh, has you know he don't set up you know rules laws and regulations yeah. sometimes it's some of the things which you think is very creative may not be a compliance uh, in singapore yeah. so that is also one reason why i am looking at you know expanding into uh, other parts of the world so in your market if you were to draw you know like a competitive landscape are you in a similar you know niche to airbnb okay um to to <laughs> lot of people do compare us with airbnb okay yeah. but for them i always say only one thing airbnb they are looking at vacation rentals yeah people who come for a short trip and and then they get a room for few days and go but i am looking at people who are long terms who are expats who move to a particular country yeah. who stay there for long term so compared to uh i'm not taking the compared to other portal whichever you mentioned what's 
good thing about us is we can predict and project our revenues for a longer period of time mm. say for example we we work with an expert and he's committing for one year that's for sure you know this for the next one year you're going to get this kind of cash but i think uh, the 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 vacation rentals you cannot predict such kind of uh, you know revenues yeah so the biggest difference between us and any vacation rentals is we are focusing only on the expect uh, population and those who would stay with us for a longer duration mm. so this is something above a room offered by a live in landlord but below a service apartment or a vacation rental home i yeah. would say so so that's a that's a space where i'm currently operating and adoba is currently there and that's a place where we wanted to be also who else is in that space uh when 2003 when i started i was the only person talking even you know use the word called co-living mm. but uh from 2016 there are few other companies Uh, I did mention a couple of names uh, one is a company called HMlet mm-hmm. and they very recently they got a funding and they have their own building you know 10 or 12 story building they have where and operated the co-living uh, thing and there's another company called Life which has an uh, building near mm. uh, Funan Mall but compared to them I would still say that um we have a better competitive advantage is because we're spread across all across Singapore mm. Say for example, you as an individual who are working in the CBD area, you might prefer a place from life. But what if you are a person who are working in Changi Airport? You might want something near Changi Airport. So that is the kind of problem we are solving. Yeah. So we are spread across everywhere. We are more closer towards the expats' work location. So that's how we are still in the market. I also think as well, there's a real benefit in having spent. a number of years in the market learning the problem. Yeah. So before you try to kind of democratize the technology if you like, you're spending a lot of time on human interaction. It's very manual. You're learning the pain and the frustrations and you're having those kind of interactions with people. And so you're sort of storing all that knowledge which you can't get if you just come into the market as a real estate player for example. And then you're saying, okay, right, I got it. I really understand the problem well. I understand who the people I'm servicing are. Yeah. And how I can kind of articulate that problem. Then you apply technology to it. Yes. You know, start with the problem, then find a solution. Often we see, especially in prop tech, there's a solution looking for a problem. You've done your time. Yeah. <laughs> like research, you, you know, th- those sort of 6 years an investor will look at that. It's like that's 6 years of market research. You know, understanding what's broken. and the fact that you have monetized it means that you've managed to validate it right correct now it's okay let's automate this process yeah. to a billion right yeah okay talking about what you need next you've mentioned a few things that we'll dive into um the team and the fundraising where do you want to start what's the top of your list who, who is it the who or the money at this stage uh the first is who yeah uh, is because of the fact uh, i did few meet few investors they say okay ganesh your idea is great you have done so well show me the team yeah <laughs> so the objective is uh, first uh, getting couple of people on board as yeah. my team so once i have the team then i don't think i have a problem in attracting funding i would say yeah 
and who are you looking for particularly? A co-founder, right? Um, I am. I am not sure whether I will get a co-founder because it's the company's founded six years ago. Yeah. Probably I'm looking at somebody who is more interested in building the company with me. Yeah. And uh, maybe a guy from the technology background, and somebody from the real estate background. Maybe these two guys from the sales background. I would say. So these two people would be the best thing that can happen to our company. I do by this point of time. In that sort of classic partnership the two people that grow the business which one are you and which one are they are you the one that makes the widget or sells the widget i am the person who gives ideas what to be built right <laughs> so the technology guy would really put his heads into the system and get the system out so he makes the widget he makes it. Oh, so he's, he's so he's the builder you're yes. the one who has to go out and communicate that to right. everybody right so yep. you, you're the sales guy in that yes I mean, right. it's boiling it right down to a very binary <laughs> sort of role but that's what it is right so somebody can understand you need somebody who's technological who can yeah. who likes building who may be the engineer yeah <laughs> right but you can speak the language of engineering right so yes. it's not like there's a miscommunication there typically from a prop tech background or property background mm -hmm. Would they have to have a lot of experience in there, or would you be considering people who don't come from property? No, property knowledge or the domain knowledge I have. So I'm not definitely looking at somebody who has who has has the property domain knowledge. Now the most important requirement is the technology, you know, background. Mm. How can we create systems which are stable, which are scalable, and uh, which is uh, you know really good to you know reach out to a lot of people. So from the technology marketing is part is what I'm most looking into. Yeah. And what would it be like to work for you? Because you've grown a successful business so far, right? Six years. This is your baby in a sense. Yeah. Like you've grown this. Somebody coming in, they may feel that it may be harder for them to make a mark because if they come and joined day one, very different, right? Mm -hmm. They would have learned with you. Yeah. Now it's a bit of a different dynamic. So let's sort of understand that a bit better. What would it be like on a day-to-day -day basis working with you? You know, do you have like a, an office? Are you, do you have like a hierarchy there? Do you have a team of people there? Let's start with that. Is it just you at the moment? Or do you have a group? You know, what's your team size? Most of the things I manage myself. Uh, I do have a um, couple of people who help me from the paperwork. I have somebody who's a... Uh, um, a remote uh, virtual assistant yeah. who's assisting me from Philippines full time, and I also have a couple of you know people on the ground who moves and looks takes care of the property. So in terms of my team, what I'm looking at is um, I'm not looking at any hierarchy at this point of time. So if somebody who is really good in technology, so I know that it is their strength. So it's it's my responsibility and duty to give them the due credits for what they have. Mm. Um, so it's going to be uh, equal opportunity for any technology guy who's going to come on board with this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that requires a specific type of person, doesn't it? Somebody who's not afraid to get stuck in. Yes, who's not sort of standoffish a little bit and sees you as the boss. Uh, no, I I don't want people to see me as a boss. We are just pally pally. We can be, uh, you know, uh, that friendly and build something together. Yeah. So what's my objective is only one thing. Any decision which I make in my company, does this decision is going to create any value for the people who stay? So if the answer is yes, we go pursue it. If the answer is no, we don't pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. So so if somebody can share the same vision with me, 
and I shouldn't have problem. Technology, everything you can learn. And I am a person who's open to do mistakes. And if somebody does mistakes, it's okay, fine. We learn from something. So the most important thing is, do we are are we creating value for our customers? If some person who has the same kind of uh, you know thought process or a belief system, uh, he would be the best person to you know work with me. Yeah. When you talk about the best person, I feel that they also ask the the right questions in the sense that they want to know what the long term vision is. Yeah. Rather than just the job spec, mm. they want to know where's this going because the really talented people are looking for those big opportunities that they Correct. can make a mark. So with Adobe, what is your plan? How do you see it going? Paint a picture for us and where this is going to be in five years time. Okay, in five years' time, what I see is, as I rightly said, my target customers are the expats. So I am looking at uh, venturing myself into most of the tier one cities. It could be um, in Asia. In Asia, as yeah. of now, as of now, first in Asia. So in Asia, you have the major cities like eight cities. There are a lot of you know expats move in, move out. Say Jakarta, KL. Uh, or Hong Kong, maybe now they have problem. They should be coming out of it soon. So, um, uh, you know, these are the cities where we wanted to, you know, roll out uh, Adobe uh, accommodation for the expats. So mm. that's a vision for the next five years. I've not thought through. May maybe in this next five years itself, uh, we might also, you know, launch the same thing in India as well. Because now there's a lot of you know younger uh, population in India as well, and who needs such kind of uh, you know uh, co-living spaces. Mm. So this is what we're trying to, you know, uh, accomplish very soon. Okay, India obviously is a, a yeah. huge market in itself. Yes, China. Um, maybe if I get a Chinese technology guy, I would venture right. into China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole in itself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, okay, interesting. So you put the call out there for somebody to be in touch with you if they yes. hear your story and they yeah. feel that they can add some serious value. I think you know helping them as well it would really help it when somebody contacts you ganesh that they've done a lot of homework mm -hmm. that they've gone and studied your business and said look i've looked at it you know i've you know i have this experience that i can bring here are some of my ideas maybe you should look at this mm -hmm. you want them coming with ideas and input and they've really done the research on this because yeah. you want them to be thinking about the problem mm. long before you have a conversation with them right rather yeah. than sort of turning up and saying right okay what's this job about yeah let's have this interview that's not what it is you want that conversation right. where you can talk about let's hey Ganesh have you thought about this or you know let me understand your problem a bit better that's mm -hmm. somebody thinking at the strategic level rather than an employee right? correct exactly great fundraising is that on the horizon it's there, but uh, as I uh, I think I've already answered you, first get the team. Yeah, okay. And then <laughs> go to the investors. I think uh, you should be knowing better. So people first ask for a team, show me a team. <laughs> yeah, all right, far, fair enough. So it's not a current conversation that you're having. Yeah, exactly. Six months maybe. Yeah, uh, six months, definitely, yes. Okay, good. So, so once I have another person on board, once I get the synergy, then yeah. yes, why not? Yeah, good. Well, excellent, looking forward to that. And... I mean, we've had two prop tech companies that came through the doors here and sat in the studio. We had Oxford Caps, I think, wasn't it? And then Really as well, Really were on the, the facility side. Both successfully raised money mm -hmm. in the last year. Okay. So there's a good track record with prop tech in this studio. Okay. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe three out of three. I don't want to jinx it or anything, okay. but hopefully that goes well for you. 
Um, what is the best way for people to reach out to you, Ganesh? What are you good on LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm on uh, LinkedIn. People can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Yeah. and i think i already shared my linkedin profile yeah and people also can reach out to us uh, through my website <laughs> excellent what kind of conversation do you want to have what if somebody sees this obviously there's the conversation about being a potential partner yeah and you know helping on the the tech side is there anybody else that you'd like to talk to sort of like the business partners yeah if there's somebody from the property market Yeah. who has been in the property market sales for a long time i would definitely you know uh, love to meet them as well because uh, that those kind of people are also required yeah. to scale up the business to multiple locations right would you consider people in different locations at this stage saying hey i'm doing something that's sinking with what you're doing in singapore but i'm in jakarta for example yes i'm open to that idea okay. yes fantastic Ganesh, thank you for coming and sharing your journey with us today. Okay, thank you so much. I yeah. thought you did a great job. You were saying you were nervous before, <laughs> but you—I mean, what do you think? He seemed pretty relaxed and cool. So, okay, <laughs> excellent. And thanks to everybody watching back at home. Okay, give Ganesh the thumbs up. Give him the likes if you uh, enjoyed the show. And LinkedIn as well is the best place to go. We put all the details in the show notes if you want to reach out to Ganesh. Wishing you all the best. The Thank next you so much. Months. Yeah. 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 Good luck with the um, the talent hunt. Yes. I'm sure the right people are going to reach out to you because you've got a good story. Okay. And, um, you know, good luck with the ongoing journey as well. All right. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you, Ganesh. That was Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.